Hello, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, January 21st at the Edge Construction Studio in Columbus, Indiana. Edge Construction, the masters of all things construction, dirt, work, site development, all the things you might need done construction-wise. These guys got your back. They're studs. They're even better people. I am thrilled to be in partnership with Edge Construction. Give my man Brian Jones a call, 812-343-3035. Tell him the Sean B. Show sent you. All right? These guys take care of you, I promise. Now, today's episode of the Sean B. Show, we're talking about the NFL Divisional Playoff Round. Four exciting games. We're going to talk about them all. Okay? Got some prop bets in here for you. Got some other newsy tidbits in there for you. All right? So just uh, sit back. Make sure you're buckled up. Enjoy the podcast. Let's go. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Good morning, podcast land. It is The Sean B. Show. How are we doing this morning? I hope everybody's well. If it's not morning when you're listening, I hope you're having a good whatever time of day it is. Doesn't really matter. Information's still the same. It's Saturday. It's NFL Divisional Round Day. Two great games today. I cannot wait to see how these two games transpire. I think the better games are tomorrow. But we'll talk about those. Lots to talk about. It is National Squirrel Appreciation Day. And I know sometimes, like, the things we say in the microphones are a little more exciting than some of the other things we say. Um, Nothing... Nothing excites me about National Squirrel Appreciation Day, but it is also National Fruitcake Toss Day. And uh, yeah, that's also pretty boring. So not a not a great National Day day for us, but you know, nothing really to talk about there. Unless you want to get out and say hi to a squirrel, don't run them over. I've seen squirrels when they're run over by cars. It's not pretty. I've never thrown a fruitcake at somebody, but I might now. Better get that done today. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I have spent my Saturday morning coaching children in basketball, seven and eight-year-olds, Decatur County YMCA, teams called the Bulls. All right, had our first practice this morning. The seven and eight-year-old division is more of a co-ed division. It is, uh, thank you. I love the beard too. It's more of a co-ed division. Um, I've got uh, six young ladies and four young men ready to do battle. Uh, Coaching my nephew, Oliver. Decatur County YMCA basketball, the Bulls. We had a good practice today. Look, we did some shooting drills. We did some passing drills. Last year when I coached Oliver, it was the five- and six-year-old division. And they don't keep score. The goal's like six foot, seven foot tall maybe. And they just, it's literally hurting cats. I don't know if you've ever coached five and six year olds. It's literally hurting cats. This year, score is kept. Still a running clock, but score is kept. There's no tournament, but that competitor in me can start to come out a little bit. Last year, my other nephew played nine and 10 year old basketball, where that's just basketball. There's scoring, there's timeouts, there's fouls, they call travels and things like that. And it was literally like strategizing basketball. I had a great time doing that. Connor didn't want to play basketball this year. Okay, fine. Fine. Don't want to play basketball? I'm not going to make you. 
But uh, got this seven and eight year old group, the Decatur County YMCA Bulls, ready to do battle, ready to go. All right, had a good practice today. Got another practice this week. First game next Saturday. Yeah, so the next Saturday edition of the Sean B Show will be one hundred percent. How do we do in basketball? How did the Bulls do? I'll give a full rundown of that game. <laughs> NFL divisional round play starts today, and we're going to dive into all these games. There's a couple of notes we've got to go through. Um, Pacers got absolutely dominated last night. I was I actually got to watch that game. I was home watching that game. Absolutely dominated. The Denver Nuggets are really good. Obviously, the best team in the Western Conference. Didn't even have Jokic. Okay, didn't even have Nikola last night. But uh, the Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton are literally a ship without a captain. It's rough. I cannot wait till Tyrese gets back and uh, starts uh, <laughs> writing this ship again because they're losing a lot of games. They've fallen below 500 for the first time in a long time, slipping in those Eastern Conference standings. I, I'm confident they'll, they'll bring it back. Okay, when you're missing a guy like Halley, it's tough. Okay, you can't miss that guy. That guy's your leader. Buddy Heald playing pretty well. Um, but realistically, they just didn't look good last night. It was a rough game to watch. You know, I finally get to watch a Pacer game. Really, really rough game to watch. But, uh, hey, we're coming up. The Nuggets are going to be good. The Nuggets are good. <laughs> it just, it was going to be tough to win that game. Pacers play again tonight in Phoenix. Phoenix, a team that's also struggling. See if we can rebound from a loss last night. It was a, the Pacers got that game to within six points. Like it looked like it, you know, midway through the third quarter, they were going to be competitive. They were not. They were not. Um, ben Johnson is returning to Detroit as their offensive coordinator. They announced this the other day. I meant to say this the other day on the Thursday episode of the podcast. But uh, it's old news now. But my coaching favorite, my personal coaching favorite for the Indianapolis Colts is now returning to the Lions to be their offensive coordinator still and stick with big old Dan Campbell up there in Detroit. They're doing something cool up there. They're coming up in the world. I feel like Ben Johnson is partially responsible for the for the success Detroit has had. Obviously a big part of that. I think having that, Offensive guru type in Indianapolis would have been a really great thing, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Raheem Morris kind of emerges as my favorite now, uh, defensive coordinator for the Rams, and uh, we'll get some more news on that Colts coaching search and see how they do there. Last night during an NBA game, a Fox Sports analyst got involved in a verbal altercation with professional basketball players. And I don't know, like, I <laughs> Shannon Sharp last night, sitting courtside at the Grizzlies-Lakers game, involved in this shouting match with players from the Memphis, from the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know what started it. I, I know they did a pretty good job of controlling it. But at, at what point does a grown man, especially an NFL, an NFL legend, what point do you have to get to to where you're in a screaming match with guys that are 30 years younger than you that are playing? Like you understand, like this is a guy, Shannon Sharp, who understands the fans. And I, again, don't know what started it. 
Don't know what happened. Didn't release a lot of that information. I'm sure it'll come out as time goes on. But I was absolutely disgusted to watch an NFL Hall of Famer in this like players versus fans shouting match. He knows better. Like he knows better. I don't know what was said to him. I don't know what started anything. Shannon says a lot of things on TV that maybe one of the players didn't like. I don't know. What I do know is that on camera, on fucking camera, here's this guy, an NFL Hall of Famer, standing up courtside, screaming at players on the floor. It's a guy that should know better. This is a guy that's dealt with fans his whole life. It's a guy that should absolutely know better. It was just a bad look, bad look for FS1, a bad look for sports in general. To see a former athlete screaming at current athletes from a fan to player, they're just awful. And I don't know, like I said, we'll find out more about what happened and what was said, and, and hopefully we don't. I mean, at the end of the day, hopefully we don't. Hopefully this doesn't continue to get glorified. But I know, like, Shannon Sharp's going to have to say something. He's going to have to plead his side. But from my perspective of seeing this on the television, he looked really fucking stupid. Is, is at the end of the day, he looked really stupid. This is me admitting I don't know what happened. I know I saw an NFL Hall of Famer sitting courtside, screaming at players, having to be separated by security and by everybody, from players. John Morant's dad down there in the middle of the scrum. Like, it's just it's just a bad look. It, it's really just a, a dog shit look. We'll, we'll find out more about what happened there, but it was just, it was hard to watch. It was hard to see a guy like Shannon Sharp who doesn't have anything to prove to anybody, especially in the realm of basketball. Screaming. At players. John Moran's dad was absolutely going to whoop that guy. Like 100%. Steven Adams come over to throw hands with that guy. You, you, think, you think that fucking man wants to throw hands with Steven Adams? That's a big Australian fucking dude. No. Absolutely not. Awful look last night. Shannon Sharp. I don't, I don't understand. I admit to not knowing the whole thing. I don't get it. It's whatever. It's Whatever. What about this Jaden Rashada nil deal that went through? Look, I was a heavy supporter of college athletes getting some form of compensation, be it even if it was just like to stop punishing them for what they were already getting. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I was a fan of that. I think a lot of people knew and a lot of people just hoped it didn't get to this point. The Gator Collective a booster, basically a booster for the University of Florida, offers Jaden Rashada a $13 million name, name, image, and likeness deal to come to the University of Florida and play quarterback. Jaden Rashada, a high school senior, offered $13 million by the Gator Collective to come play college football. You can start by saying, okay, yeah, that's out of hand. But... You knew the avenues for this kind of stuff were opened up. The problem is you $13 million. Like sometimes I understand the 
the hype and I understand like giving some athletes some push to come one way or the other. I understand it from a business perspective. I always say that professional athletes are in fact not overpaid because here's a company who dedicates their entire existence to paying professional athletes. They're making money on these deals. They're making money on this person. At what point did the Gator Collective think that $13 million was ever going to be like a deal that they could make money on for this, I mean, come incoming freshman, quarterback at the University of Florida. The University of Florida typically doesn't have problems recruiting good football players. So you got to think he's not just a shoe in to get the damn job his freshman year anyway. But at what point are we are we are we out of control with the nil with the nil deals? Thirteen fucking million dollars for a high school senior to commit to come play for Florida. Now the deal fell through. So there's no thirteen million dollar deal. Gator Collective basically looks like dog shit. And Jaden Rashada, because the deal fell through requests to be released from his national letter of intent, which Florida did today. They released him from that national letter of intent, his commitment to play football at Florida. It's a mess. Like, this is a mess. When I, when I first started hearing about these name, image, and likeness deals, I'll say this correctly at some point. When I start hearing about these, I thought to myself, okay, so we're going to stop punishing kids for taking fucking Hummers. We're going to stop punishing kids for taking apartments for their families. We're going to go ahead and let these kids accept this compensation. What I didn't know, and, and, and there are people that knew this was the way this was going to go. It was just beyond my realm of thinking. You've got these boosters that have always been active. Look, this stuff has always been going on. But $13 million. This deal, this deal, this kid signs and it goes through or falls through. He decommits from Florida. Now Washington University is the favorite to land him. He's not even the number one quarterback in the class. There's a lot of other quarterbacks that are that what what this does, and we've learned this in pro sports, like uh, for example, Deshaun Watson's contract is uh, fully guaranteed a whole lot of fucking million dollars. So now what does Lamar Jackson want? A fully guaranteed contract. What does everybody want? A fully guaranteed contract. This kid gets offered $13 million. Now every other high school football player in the country is wide-eyed thinking, okay, his deal fell through. But here's, here's a precedent. Whether, whether, whether the deal went through or not, it's a precedent. It's a place to say, how close can we get to this? How close can we do this? And then you've got an outside agency, the Gator Collective, not affiliated with the University of Florida, just a booster, basically a booster. Like how many other outside agencies, like this kid has a contract with this agency or this, this, this organization or whatever you want to call it, not the school. I mean, they have a letter of intent from the school, but I mean, what is that really? Like, this is no longer 
and I've always thought this, this is no longer about academics at all. Like, and to be fair, like football programs build schools, basketball programs build schools. This is where the money comes from. They build schools. Schools have academic resources because of money brought in from sports and alumni and donors and all kinds of other stuff like that. Of course, you know, the cost of admission, the cost of getting a fucking meal, you know, all that goes into this, this pot that the school's building. But I promise you the big sports, your basketball, your football, those are paying the school's way. That's where this income, this revenue is coming from for all these upgrades, for all these things that are happening at the school. That money to be shared with the athletes, I believe, was the purpose of these deals. To look at these athletes and say, hey, you're doing this. You're, you're out here on the front lines making this money. You're entitled to some of that. Fair enough. But like I said, why did it have to go any further than just stop punishing these kids for charging people for their autograph? You know, if you go out and you charge, you know, 10, 10 15 bucks for an autograph, what, why didn't we just stop making that not okay? Like, why didn't we stop, like, <laughs> some <laughs> magically this kid's got a Hummer? We've stopped caring about that. We've stopped caring about any of it. It's, it's, it's snowballed very quickly into a $13 million deal. To do what? Like, what's his end of the bargain? To play college football? He was going to do that anyway. Like, I just... I wonder, I wonder if anybody in the comments, yeah, thanks, Browns, for that. Uh, picks in by 4 o'clock today. Talk to you at 3.55. No, no. Rob, why don't you just watch the live stream of the podcast? You'll get the picks today. They're coming today. <clears throat> right here in a production like I always do. But what the fuck? I just, the, the name, image, and likeness deals, and it's it's just going to get bigger. Like, all right, it's going to get. But I, I, what I don't understand, and I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to research this more. Where do these guys make their money back? You're paying him thirteen million dollars so that your team wins. Now, I, the 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 details of that agreement are what I'm still confused about. Can they then sell merchandise with your name on it? I mean, I would assume so. I would assume that they would get some kind of commitment from you to be able to sell your jersey or but but again that all has to be tied to the university. Anything with the university's name on it has to be tied to the university. And apparently these this collective, the Gator Collective is not tied to the university. So I don't I, I don't even know where that's is it is it worth is it just worth thirteen million dollars for a quarterback to come play for your school? That's more than NFL backups make. 
thirteen million over four years. There's starters, guys on rookie deals, that don't make that. And let's say he goes to school for four years because he probably doesn't. If he's that good, is it a three-year deal? Is it a while you're at Florida deal? I mean, I'm heavily confused by how this got this out of hand this quick. But this is out of hand. This is, again, there, there are kids at Southern Illinois University playing for the Salukis that'll never taste this kind of shit. But if they want to go out and sign an autograph, it's not a big deal anymore. You want to go out and do an appearance and make a little coin? Not a big deal anymore. $13 million? I'm going to tell you guys something right now. A little tip from your Uncle Sean B. This uh, Zero Sugar Big Red is the shit. It's the shit. I promise you. Zero Sugar Big Red. It's the shit. That should be a commercial. Like, that should be their tagline. I can't create my own tagline for a sign-off, but Zero Sugar Big Red. It's the shit. Because it is. Tastes eerily similar to Big Red. It's almost as good as Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, which is also the shit. I don't think they can share taglines, but uh, Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, Zero Sugar sodas in general. Like, I'm, I'm ready for them to come out and say how bad they are actually for you. They've got a lot of sodium in them. Um, I'm looking for the artificial sweetener. You know, and I can't pronounce half the words and the ingredients, but uh, man, zero sugar, uh, Coke Zero, very good. Cherry Coke Zero, very good. That's zero sugar sodas. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar is number one. If you like Dr. Pepper, get a Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. So good. Big Red Zero, number two. Coke Zero, number three. Cherry Coke Zero, number four. Those are interchangeable. Wild Cherry Pepsi Zero, number five. There's my top five of zero sugar sodas. And I, again, I love the zero sugar shit. I cannot wait for the study to come out and say, well, it's going to give you Alzheimer's. It's going to happen. We know that's happening. So we'll see. I don't know. I've made it to 41 uh, on some on some very questionable decisions. So. I'm sure I'm sure something's going to go wrong here. The National Football League is taking its international series to 2023. Very excited about this. I love getting up early and watching these games. Last year, I got to watch the Munich game um, at 6 o'clock in the morning in Las Vegas. Great time. Two games in Germany this year. Five home teams have been announced. The rest of the competitors for these games will be announced when the schedule comes out. But uh, Kansas City and New England hosting games in Germany this year. Jacksonville is back at Wembley like they are every year because they have a multi-year deal. Lots of Jacksonville fans over there in the UK. And then Buffalo and Tennessee will be at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this year. So three games in London, two in Germany, two at Tottenham Hotspur, 
Jacksonville playing at Wembley. Wembley, an iconic stadium. I would love to go to an NFL game there. What we have between Buffalo, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Kansas City, and New England are five AFC teams, two of which are AFC South teams. Is there a chance this year that we will see the Colts in London? I would love to see it. I think the London, the international series is very cool. I'm a big fan of it. I like spreading football around the world. It's a very American thing to do, right? Like, here's what we like. We're going to go to the UK. We're going to sing our national anthem. By the way, it signifies that time we kicked your ass. But, you know, that's whatever. And we're going to take the sport that we call football and play it in a land where you call something completely different football. It's a very American thing to do. I just dropped my pen. Thankfully, I got another one right here. But I do like the international series. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, the guys over there in the UK, the, the people over there, they get jacked for it. Um, the NFL spreading around. Doesn't look like we got a Mexico game this year, though. No Mexico City game. That was a fun Monday night game in Mexico. Niners-Cardinals this past year. Good time. This year. However, the 2022 season has whittled its way down to four games. Eight teams, four NFC, four AFC, two Saturday, two Sunday. This is going to be a good weekend of football, and it starts here in a little while, you know, you know, on NBC and Peacock, okay? Jacksonville, Kansas City, going to be a good game, going to be a shootout. It's my pick, okay? All these, my opinions, this is my pick. McCole Hardman out for the Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence questionable for the Jags with a toe. You think he's not playing? He's fucking playing, I promise you. Kansas City won the Week 10 meeting 27-17. Jacksonville 7-1 since that loss. I like Kansas City's odds over this number 27-ranked Jacksonville passing defense. I like that a lot. I do, however, also like Trevor Lawrence against this number 18-ranked Kansas City defense. I think this game's going to be a shootout. Big-time shootout. Patrick Mahomes loves to go to Jarek McKinnon, so one of my props today, Jarek McKinnon, over 34.5 receiving yards. Write that down. Jarek McKinnon, over 34.5 receiving yards. The other prop for this game, going with T-Law. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to spend the majority of this game playing from behind, playing catch-up, I think Kansas City's in a tier by themselves. I know for a fact Patrick Mahomes is in a tier by himself. Trevor Lawrence, over 252.5 passing yards. Two easy props to me. Jarek McKinnon averages 64 rushing yards a game, receiving yards a game. I don't know why that prop is 34 and a half. Don't care. McKinnon over 34 and a half receiving yards. T-Law over 252 and a half passing yards. This game, the line is shift to Jacksonville plus nine and a half. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites. Do they cover? I don't know. Look, I don't know. I do think they win. Kansas City, that is my pick. Roberto, Kansas City, that is my pick. Do they cover the nine and a half? I don't know. I would like to say yes, I think they will. But I think this has got... Got the makings to be a good football game. Got the makings to be a shootout. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars have been red fucking hot ever since losing to Kansas City. 7-1 and one since week 10. Going to be a good one today. 
4.30 on NBC and Peacock. Kansas City Chiefs are my pick. But I, I, I can't sit here and say, will they cover the nine and a half? Oh, I have to? Fine. My pick is Kansas City minus nine and a half. Chiefs win. That's my pick on the money line. Don't bet the money line. There's no money in it. Chiefs cover the nine and a half. That's my pick. <clears throat> you know what else happens today at 8.15 p.m. on Fox? An NFC East showdown. Four of the Three of the four remaining NFC teams, all from the same division, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles tonight, 8-15 on Fox. I don't know what the NFL was thinking, giving Philadelphia fans this much time to get hammered before a football game. That's what they do over in Philadelphia. They get hammered, they eat cheesesteaks, and they sing Fly, Eagles, Fly. That's all I know that Eagles fans do. And I think this game right here is not going to be close. A lot of people have said, ah, don't count the Giants out. I'm counting the Giants out. Okay? I've said this all year long. I, they've never been as good as their record. They've shown some bright spots. Okay? Daniel Jones took advantage of what he had to take advantage of last week to beat the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings soft on the pass defense. Daniel Jones takes advantage of it, throws 300 yards. That's not something that he regularly does, and that's not something he's going to do tonight against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, number one passing defense, number eight scoring defense. Their chance against Philadelphia is running the football and controlling the tempo of this game. That is why one of my proud bets is Saquon Barkley over 66 and a half yards. Saquon gets more than 66 and a half yards tonight. But my other prop, Devontae Smith, about to be a stud. Okay, Devontae Smith over 64 and a half receiving yards tonight. Fly, Eagles, fly. I think they do. They take advantage of a Giants defense that's not very good. The third game they played, Philadelphia swept the season series. A lot of people give uh, the Giants some credit for resting a lot of guys in that, in, that, in that final week 18 matchup and still keeping it relatively close. This is different, boys. This is the divisional playoffs. The Chiefs, the, the, sorry, the Chiefs. The Eagles have had a week off. The Giants, hard-fought win over the Vikings. It looks good. It probably got Daniel Jones paid. This is over. This is over. This one I pick easily Philadelphia minus seven and a half, which is the line. Philly minus seven and a half. And a lot of the experts are saying lean under. Lean the under on this game. And I... I don't know. I, I I think Philadelphia might have a field day tonight. I could be wrong. I could be way wrong. The under the over under is forty eight even. I don't know. I got uh, props though. Devontae Smith over sixty four and a half receiving yards. Saquon Barkley over sixty six and a half rushing yards. I like those two props. I like Philadelphia minus seven and a half. I think they roll out of there tonight. I think that's the one that rolls. I think Jacksonville and Kansas City could possibly be closer than this Giants-Eagles game. I like it. Key injury, though, in that Philadelphia Eagles defensive backfield, Avante Maddox is out. Giants pretty healthy. Eagles healthy otherwise. couple of good games today. What about tomorrow's games? Tomorrow's games are fucking hot fire. Both of tomorrow's games are about to be absolute hot fire. The Niners and the Cowboys 
got this like old 90s, 80s, 90s rivalry that they're stewing back up here. Second year in a row they've met in the playoffs. <clears throat> Cincinnati and Buffalo. Man, I'll start with this game. It's tomorrow at 3 o'clock on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Cincinnati is a five-and-a-half-point dog. I want to know that this game can be close. I really do, and I think it will. I think Joe Burrow and the boys will find a way, but the reality is they're missing three offensive linemen, and that, that that's just so hard to do. That's so hard to do, to miss that many offensive linemen, to miss those guys. You're, you're talking communication. You're talking schemes. Buffalo's awfully good on defense. Buffalo, the number three scoring defense in the NFL. They, uh, their, their weakness, if you had to pick a weakness, is their secondary. So maybe you get, uh, maybe you get Jamar Chase hot. Maybe you get Joe Burrow a little bit of time. He makes some things happen. What we know is Cincinnati doesn't run the ball well. Joe Mixon. Uh, Buffalo does defend the run well as well. So, Joey Burrow, you're going to have to do better than you did in that Ravens game. And you got three offensive linemen out. Could be rough, could be not. I don't know about this five-and-a-half-point spread. I feel like this spread should be a little wider. I don't think they accounted for the offensive linemen being hurt. They accounted for Buffalo being at home. They accounted for the fact that on paper, Buffalo is a slightly better football team. But uh, this is another one that has the potential to not not get out of hand. I think Cincinnati is good enough to keep this game close, but I, I don't think there's any. I, Buffalo minus five and a half is an easy pick for me. Um, you know, Bills don't really have any major injuries. DeMar Hamlin, obviously, on the IR. But, uh, you know, Burrow says he's not buying the underdog tag. And, you know, he's a confident guy. I saw yesterday where he said he was mad that they were already selling tickets for a potential Chiefs-Bills AFC championship game that'll happen down there in Atlanta. They have to do that. I don't know if he knows how the ticket sales works. They have to have that pre-sale because you don't have season ticket holders, right? That's not a factor. So you're just selling tickets for a game, that a, a, a stadium that's hosting two out-of-market teams. So the season ticket holder thing, I don't know if they've given any leeway to season ticket holders, but that's asking a lot of people to travel a long way. They got that pre-sale going on in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for that potential Bills-Chiefs championship game. Joe Burrow upset by that. Look, if you got to find a motivator, find a motivator, because the reality is on paper in this game, you're behind, missing some linemen, might not be pretty. I like Buffalo minus five and a half. I think that spread's way too small. Having said that, that's Joe Cool. Look, I'm not counting Joe Burrow out of anything. He's got a receiving core full of studs. But uh, time to throw the football is going to be very important. And we saw where that was we saw where that was lacking a little bit against Baltimore. It's only going to be worse against Buffalo. I like Bills minus five and a half. You think Joe Burrow is going to end the Bills season? Chiefs Bengals rematch in the AFC. I think Burrow's got the hill to climb. It's look as Colts fans, we've seen what happens when you're missing your when, when your offensive line is struggling. 
I think you're going to see some offensive line struggles out of out of Cincinnati. I'm not saying they can't win, but if I had to go and pick, which I do, uh, Buffalo minus five and a half. That's up there in Orchard Park. Okay. Props in this game. I like Josh Allen over 1.5 tuds. Josh Allen's going to throw for maybe three, maybe four tuds tomorrow. Josh Allen over 1.5 tuds. Easy for the Bengals side of it. Hayden Hurst over 33 and a half receiving yards. That's what I like. Dallas and San Francisco. <clears throat> Sunday, 6.30 p.m. on Fox. I'm stoked about this game, dude. Because I know the Niners are good, right? They're a juggernaut. But you know they've got a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience in these situations playing quarterback. Uh, Brock Purdy looked really good last week against the Seahawks. But if you remember week 18 against the Cardinals, he did not look good. In fact, he was not good at all. Maybe a little bit of a, I don't know, just not good at all. So we'll see what he does. Dallas gets to the passer very, very well. Micah Parsons hungry. I like the Cowboys, man. I, I, I really like the Cowboys. I don't put too much stake in the fact that they basically rolled over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not any good. The San Francisco 49ers are very good. They play very well on defense. They're going to have to find a way to exploit the passing game. San Francisco's one weak spot on defense is their secondary. And I'm, I'm not saying it's weak. I'm saying you have to. You're forced to pick a weak spot. You're not going to run on these guys. Now, I know you got Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. And they can get yards. They can they can they can roll roll over people, <laughs> but San Francisco defends the run very well. Number one scoring defense. We'll see what happens. I like that Dallas is coming into this game with a head full of steam, prepared to win. They seem excited. Dak seems like he's ready. Dak didn't turn the ball over against Tampa Bay. That's going to be huge in this game for him not to turn the ball over and make those mistakes. What I don't like is that Dallas signed kicker Tristan Vizcaino for insurance. Like, look, you're either going with your guy or you're not. Like, the last thing you want to do to a guy in this position, a pressure position at a that, that plays a pressure position in this pressure position is, is say, hey, I don't fuck you. Here's this other guy that's going to fucking get in here and do things if you don't. So I, I don't love it. I absolutely don't love that they signed Tristan Vizcaino as an insurance kicker in case Brett Mayer doesn't do so well. Having said that, fuck, the guy missed five extra points in a row over the span of two games. I mean, fucking hey, That's not good. You can't make historic changes like that. And you're going to need those points against this Niners team. You're going to need the confidence of your sideline against this Niners team. They want all things trending well. Now, they had said the report in practice was, you know, when they were kicking from an unknown distance in the wind, that uh, Brett Mayer made six out of six and Vizcaino was three out of five. This is in practice. All you need to tell Brett Mayer is to do exactly what he's done a thousand fucking times all season. Get it out of your mind. You got past Tampa Bay. Forget that shit. We're playing San Francisco now. Do what you fucking do. 
That's all you got to tell that guy. You don't need to go and sign an insurance kicker. I think that's the biggest bullshit move ever. The guy wants to know you still have confidence in him. You don't have confidence in him. You've signed an insurance kicker. Bullshit move, in my opinion. But Dallas is a four-point dog in this game. And although I really like San Francisco, I am showing a bias here in kind of pulling for Dallas. I think Dallas money line is a great bet. I like Dallas to win this game. I like Mike McCarthy to kind of seal himself as that long-term Cowboys coach. Got 160 on the money line for Dallas. That means a $100 bet will pay you back 160 plus your bet. Got some props for you. I like George Kittle over 45 and a half receiving yards. And I like Tony Pollard over 19 and a half receiving yards. Because like I said, if you're going to get Pollard doing what he does, which is getting into space and making some people miss and doing exciting things in space, you're going to have to throw him the ball. This Niners defense defends the run so well. They're fucking monsters up there. As As for a pick, look, I've said this. And I was told this by somebody else, too, and it kind of confirmed what I said. One of these home teams is going to lose. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, they're going to win. I think Dallas gets out of San Francisco and moves on to the NFC Championship game. That's my pick. I'm sticking to it. I'm going to take Dallas plus four when you're talking about the spread. But if I have to pick a winner, the Dallas Cowboys get out of San Francisco. They are the one road team that wins this weekend. That's what I think. I'm going with it. Write these down, Robert. Write these down. I know you're waiting. Not sure they can put together another game like that this week. As long as Dak doesn't turn the ball over, they can absolutely put together another game like that. They're not going to run the ball as well. But, man, Dak was an absolute stud. As long as that guy stays confident, stops giving the ball away, the Dallas Cowboys can absolutely Put something together like that. Something tells me Cowboys pulled out. It goes against my normal, so I don't know. I like Dallas in this game. Those are my picks. I know there's somebody waiting for my picks. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo all win at home. Dallas goes on the road, gets a win. We're going to see a Dallas-Philadelphia. How about this? Philadelphia not getting out of the NFC playoffs without, it, with, you know, without going through basically their whole fucking division. I like that. I like that a lot. And maybe, like I said, for the bias standpoint of things, for our Super Bowl exactas that we've got, okay, it it bodes well for me if Cincinnati and San Francisco just lose. It bodes well for me. Now, if you get Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Dallas, if those picks are all good, we don't lose a whole lot. In, the, in, in our exactness. In fact, we, we can kind of guarantee that we're going to make money at this point. We're going to lose our top three big ones. But the rest of them, you know, are, are you know, well, huh? we're going to lose our biggest one, our, our plus 3,000. We're going to lose a 2,500 to 2,000. I mean, we're only losing three more exactas, so we still have five different possibilities for our Super Bowl exacta bet. Eventually, I'm going to be able to put that on the screen. Um, I just, you know, call it laziness. I know how to do it. I just don't. Isn't that wild? 
My picks are in. Thank you. Thank you. I like it. I like it a lot. It's going to be a fun weekend to watch football, man, no matter what. I was coaching the, uh, the kids this morning, and I had a guy, one of the parents, uh, Kansas City hat, Kansas City hoodie, red shoes. Like, my dude was ready for game day. And I told him, I was like, you got a big, big day, huh? He's like, hell yeah. So, Chiefs fans fired up. I think when you talk about beyond the divisional round, which we don't have to talk a lot about because we're at the divisional round, but but I think beyond the divisional round, Kansas City is still the team to beat. A lot of people say it's Buffalo's year, it's the Bills' year. Kansas City is the team to beat of the eight teams left. Like, And nobody wants to say that Patrick Mahomes is in a tier by himself, right? Because in the... In the, in the age of where things only last for six or eight seconds, you know, we're entertained by short videos. We're entertained by everything that, that, that plays into our short attention span, right? Patrick Mahomes to dominate for 15 years, like that's, we're not interested in that, right? Like uh, from the big picture standpoint, it's always who's the next guy? Who's the next guy? Who's the next guy? Mahomes had his moment. <clears throat> it's Josh Allen's moment. It's Joe Burrow's moment. It's these four guys. Look, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Patrick Mahomes are going to run this AFC for the next few years. I would like to think that we'll continue getting a carousel of just guys like that that can be the face of your franchise. I would like to think the Colts can nab themselves a guy like that that can be the face of their franchise. But I'll close by talking about... Uh, by talking about, you know, we've had some Colts draft talk, and uh, we'll talk more about the Colts draft kind of once that gets closer, obviously. But I still stick to the same thing that I said. Uh, Colts can trade that four pick or do whatever they want with it. I don't think they should go anywhere near drafting a quarterback in the first round. Anywhere near drafting a quarterback in the first round. I still am huge, huge fan of Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, guy you can probably get in the third round. Maybe the second round, if you get if you get scared. I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker. That's that's my pick. Okay, I'm a I'm a, I'm Hendon Hooker in the draft. Maybe go get a I don't know. Get yourself a veteran, somebody for this guy to chill behind. Even if it's for half a season, even if it's for four weeks. Do kind of what the Bears did. The Bears had. Oh, God, who who did Justin Fields sit behind? Andy Dalton. Justin Fields sat behind Andy Dalton, like, until it was just time for Andy Dalton to not play football in Chicago anymore. Like, that kind of situation. Like, get this guy some kind of tutelage, some kind of leadership. I I, I think you got to go this way. I, I, I cannot stand the thought, of drafting a guy like C.J. Stroud or trading up for a guy like Bryce Young. I cannot stand the thought of that because here are two tiny quarterbacks. I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the draft room. I'd like to be, but I'm not. So we'll see what happens. But uh, see, uh, draft rumors start to start to uh, kind of circulate. I'm assuming they'll get wild and insane after the Super Bowl's over because we like talking about football no matter what time of year it is. Um, 
yeah, Johnston out of TCU would be a great first round draft pick. Would be a great number four pick. That's a guy because you need a weapon. Our receiving core, people want to say, well, our receiving core is coming up in the world. No, it's not. It's shit. It's shit. Like Michael Pittman Jr. is maybe a number two. Maybe. Alec Pierce has a chance, has a chance, an outside shot to be a number one. An outside shot. He's the body type. He's got the speed. He's got the hands. With a little bit of development, that guy could be a number one. But two or three right now. Uh, Paris Campbell, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there with Paris Campbell. Guy's got speed, runs great routes, got great hands, stayed healthy all year. I don't know what the deal was there. Other than just not being able to get the ball to receivers because nobody had any fucking time. But uh, so a lot of people talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. What happens when Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are out there and available? It sounds like a very Colts move, right? It sounds like what we've been doing. But we haven't done it with anybody to quite this caliber. Like Philip Rivers at his best was not a Tom Brady. Carson Wentz isn't even in this fucking discussion. Matt Ryan at his best was still not a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers. This is the old school, a generation ago, top tier guys. Aaron Rodgers, just one year removed from being an MVP. Probably won't get that designation again this year. Who is the MVP this year? Who do you guys think? I like, uh, I don't like Jalen Hurts. That's been a conversation. To me, it's always Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes until somebody convincingly takes it away from him. That's that's the truth. Josh Allen's turned the ball over way too many times. Uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Justin Fields. He's not going to win it or even be considered. That guy, though, Jesus Christ. I, I just like the shit out of watching that kid play. Such a good football player. Such a tough-ass kid. I like watching that kid play. It's got to be Patty Mahomes until somebody takes it from him. Get Brady, draft your guy in the third. Johnston would have to be the pick then. Yes. Don't get Brady, though. All right. Look, did you watch Tampa Bay and Dallas? Tom Brady looked like garbage in that Tampa game, in the Dallas game. Absolute garbage. I don't know about, about Brady. I like Aaron Rodgers. Look, if you told me the Colts could sign Aaron Rodgers or trade for Aaron Rodgers, well, okay. What do you give up? What's Green Bay going to want? And again, nobody even knows that that's a possibility. Aaron has basically talked like he does every year, like he would entertain a move somewhere. Why the fuck would it be Indy? There's nothing in Indy to like to attract anybody. That's why we're not going to get a Sean Payton type coach. We're going to get a new coach. We're going to get a guy that's never coached before. We're going to do another Chuck Pagano, Frank Reich feeler. Hopefully they work out. 
He might need the warmth of inside the dome. I don't know though. His fucking that dude that dude survived Lambo for a long time. I don't know. Either way, I hope something cool happens and I hope we do something to make some kind of splash. I don't want like it's a rebuild, sort of. It's like a half rebuild. Like a lot of the pieces are there. Our defense is good enough to win. 100% good enough to win. I I they are. I don't know. No sense in talking about the Colts much longer right now. It's NFL divisional round. I'm excited. Four great games. Two today. Two tomorrow. We'll talk again on Tuesday and uh, hopefully have an exciting time kind of regrouping and reviewing this exciting week of football. I don't know. Guys, it's been the Sean B. Show. I want to talk about edge construction real quick. These guys are masters of the construction industry. They do so much for me and so much for these streams that we do in here. We appreciate them. If you need some construction done, all right, some dirt work, some site development, get a hold of my man, Brian Jones, 812-343-3035. Tell them the Sean B. Show sent you. That's what's up. Um, how about my friends at Just Like Home Dog Daycare? Doggy daycare. Yeah, that's right. You need some pet sitting done. Need your dogs to have a place to stay in the daytime. Maybe you need an overnight stay or a weekend stay, maybe an extended stay. They negotiate them all. Look, just like home doggy daycare on Facebook or on the web at www.justlikehomedoggydaycare.com. You may have to be away, but for your pets, it'll be just like home. And also, if if you're interested, I'm going to learn to speak real quick, and then I'm going to tell you about the Second String Media store, okay? You want some Second String Media branded merchandise, some Mind Snacks podcast branded merchandise, some Sean B. Show brand, Second String Media brand, maybe, maybe got some Burroughs Applesauce podcast stuff coming. Yeah, yeah, grumblings, hearing rumors. We got all that stuff at the Second String Media store, secondstringmedia.net. Go to the Blue Banner Tap Second String Media Store, and from there, you will be taken to our spread shop where you can get all these custom designs. And we're going to start uploading more every day. All these designs. It's going to be great. SecondStringMedia.net. Tap on the blue banner. It says Second String Media Store. This has been the Sean B. Show. I'm Sean B. I'm getting the fuck out of here. You guys have a great rest of your day. <laughs>